The show starts in three, two, one. There goes that man's jockstrap. <laughs> oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. The In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you by Golf Kicks. Screw your shoes. Buy Canadips. Rep Sports. Buy Smooth My Balls. And buy Streamer Loot. Check out the In the League of Their Own merch line today. Welcome to the show. Let's see what Austin and Colin are diving into today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 85 of the In the League of Their Own podcast. Kicking off today's episode with the number 85 sports fact. Kind of switching things up for today's episode. Um, it's more or less just a fact about college athletics. Um, in U.S. Col- college athletics, schools that are members of the NCAA Division One are limited to providing athletic scholarships to a maximum of 85 football players in any given season um uh, this is kind of mind-boggling to me to see that the number was that high i i know last i think last episode we were talking about roster sizes and usually most college rosters are around 105 players so basically everybody but 20 players on every division one roster has a full ride scholarship i definitely thought it would have been closer to like maybe half for like 40 percent but those cool are full ride scholarships. Um, I mean, it's or just, just scholarships, because I know that a lot of universities do half. Oh, like for athletics, like your top stars get your full rides, and then your good players get two or three years covered, and you got to pay for two years. Like a lot of it's like half and half. Oh. Yeah, it, it didn't that's say a full. Ton. That's a fuck ton. I was it just say, said, if it is full rides. It just said it just said this. It said this includes full ride scholarship, so it doesn't say. So if they want to give out eighty five so full ride scholarships, they can. But right, that's that much more money that that university is footing. If because I'm sure they could do, they could do five full rides. They could do all eighty five full rides. It all depends on how much money that school has and how much they want to distribute well each team has to follow the same guidelines since it's set by the ncaa so the money part doesn't matter yeah the ncaa says that you can do is how much you can do yeah so that's what i'm saying they can give 85 scholarships so they could do all 85 full rides or they could do five full rides it all just depends what they want to do but also, I mean, other, and this is just for football. It says 85 football players in a given season. It's full ride. Oh, it is full rides. D1 FBS teams can give out a maximum of 85 full ride scholarships to athletes. Hmm. Division one FCS can give 63. Wow. That's crazy. That's just for football, not including basketball, hockey. hockey. Hockey, they only can, are allowed to give 13 and a half. What the half? How 13 the and a half full ride equivalencies. Oh, so somebody gets a half. Huh. That's fucked up. 
Yeah, but also hockey rosters aren't 105 people. True. They're like 30. So, yeah, that's still almost half. Basketball is 13. That's about half. I I think basketball rosters would be like 20 to 30. Well, not even 20 to 30. You might have 20 to 30 people at practice, but you only have 15 people suit up in a given night. Women's soccer is 14 and men's is nine. So it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, that is today's sports fact. Then jumping over into the NFL, uh, what you got over there? So... <clears throat> Sad news, um, David Pad, three-time Super Bowl winner for the New England Patriots, had passed away in a motorcycle crash at the age of 47 uh, earlier this morning. So that's some unfortunate news. Um, but getting that out of the way, there's kind of not a lot, not a whole lot going on here as, you know, the NFL kicks off in under a week here on Thursday. Teams are getting ready for week one. Um, I feel like it's going to be pretty quiet. Just a lot of people moving on and off of the COVID-19 list. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I had to kind of do some digging, too, of just kind of circling back to stuff that um, we might have talked about early in the offseason, dozens of episodes ago that's kind of got resurfaced here over the past week. Um, I guess something new brought up on Monday was the Bills submitting a proposal for their 60,000-seat stadium. They also came out and said that they will not renew their lease in July of 2023 without the deal going through. So should we see no agreement, the bills would have to relocate. So um, I'm sure the city of Buffalo definitely wants to keep the bills there as Buffalo is not, Buffalo is very similar to There's nothing Green Bay where if the, if the Packers left Green Bay, that team, that city would fall apart. Same thing with Buffalo. So I'm sure they'll, I mean, they got, Two years to figure it out. They still got the Sabres there, too. But that sucks. Yeah. But, I'm yeah, they got two years to figure it out. I'm sure they will. But it sounds like the Bills organization is putting their foot down, saying that they want a better stadium by 2023, essentially, to go through. Um, I I guess this isn't directly related to the NFL, but um, in the state of Texas, it will apply to both the Texans and Cowboys. Texas just passed a law today forcing pro sport teams to play the national anthem or they will be fined millions of dollars. Um, That just went through, I guess, this morning or yesterday or last night, whatever it was. But um, what do you think about that? Don't they already play the national anthem before every single game? I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if they do or don't, but... I'm assuming every Packer game I've ever been to every sporting event I've ever been to. Yeah. They've played it. It makes you wonder though, why they pass a, a law forcing them to, it almost makes you wonder somebody wasn't then. Otherwise, why would they pass the law? I wonder if this is more towards college sports. Yeah, that could be. But well, yeah, pro like, sports teams. I don't think that so applies to college. Talking about basketball. I don't remember basketball NBA games doing it. Oh yeah, they they were yeah they weren't doing it for a while. So the Spurs or the the Mavericks, Mavericks 
are both going to have to do that now. Yeah, I I don't know why that's I don't know why that's put a law, but it is what it is. Yeah, I don't know if like they're the first to do it or if the Texas is one of the last to do it. It's just odd. I came across it this morning that oh, they're forcing professional teams to play it or they're going to be fined millions. It's like I don't know. Texas for you. Yeah. They're basically their own government. <laughs> um, other news here, uh, Steelers acquire cornerback Akello um, Witherspoon from the Seahawks. Um, just beefing up that secondary that much more for the Steel Curtain. Um, head coach Bruce Arians reported that the Tampa Bay Bucks organization is 100% vaccinated from end to end uh the falcons were the first team to have 100 of their players vaccinated the bucks become the first organization as a whole coaches front office employees anybody who works for the bucks organization um is apparently 100 vaccinated and they're the first team to do so so and that's hilarious because they have five people currently on the COVID 19 list uh, <laughs> that's funny Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield Jr. are just two of the the big names that are on there. But yeah, it's hilarious. It's like, yeah, you're vaccinated, but that don't fucking mean anything because you still have players on COVID-19 list. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's, I don't know, like to report that, it's just, I feel like it's just a push that like, oh, this is the first team to do it, so other teams are going to feel obligated to do it themselves, but as you said multiple times over the past couple of weeks, you could have zero people vaccinated. You could have 100% of your team vaccinated. A positive test is going to force your team to forfeit regardless. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see how that plays out. Um, two more points here. Uh, head coach Pete Carroll is optimistic that tackle Dwayne Brown will play week one, the two sides. Still have yet to sign a deal. Um, the Seahawks say that they have no intentions of extending him and prefer to do a year-to-year contract each season moving forward as he is getting up there in age. He's in his 30s. Um, so it's just the Seahawks protecting themselves. Obviously, they don't want to sign him to do a long, long-term deal. He gets injured. They owe him X amount of guaranteed money, even though the guy's not playing. Um, so I guess it's smart. from the. It's a business decision from the Seahawks' side. But it sucks that from the side of the player, Dwayne Brown, obviously loves Seattle, loves the team, wants to be a part of it, wants to have an inked deal. And he's good. Yeah, and he's good. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he ends up moving at the end of this year, if he, I don't know, if the Seahawks aren't valuing him the way he wants to be valued. So I guess it'll be interesting to see what happens after this year. And then lastly, in the NFL, after months of drama and trade talks, it appears that tight end Zach Ertz will remain in Philadelphia for the 2021 season. Um, No teams really ended up pursuing him. I know there's a couple trades that were talked about that ended up not going through, but it was kind of a, for his high profile of a tight end as Zach Ertz is at one point, a top two, arguably the best tight end in football before Travis Kelsey came along. Um, he's kind of fallen off the deep end as far as being one of the best tight ends in the league. 
Uh, I know last year or the year prior, if not both years, he dealt with injury and wasn't on the field a whole lot. So that definitely has something to do with it. But um, yeah, looks like he's at least in Philadelphia for one more year. He's committed to the team. The team's committed to him. Everything looks good for the meantime. Yeah, that's funny how he backtracked everything that he said. How he yeah. hated that place. He was getting in fight with coaches and stuff on the sidelines. And then, oh, now everything's okay. I just want to play. It's because he realized that nobody fucking else wants him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, again, is sad. Like I, like I said, he was arguably the best tight end at one point in the when league. When they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And after that, that whole organization just took a shit. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. I like. I can't think of a single. Uh, he'd be the only player. Yeah. He leaves the only player. He'd be the only player that I could think of off the top of my head. Zach Ertz, still remaining on that team from that Super Bowl. Deshaun Jackson. He's in. He's on the Rams. He is. Yeah. I thought he came back to Philly this year. No, he's on the Rams. He's number one on their team. For some reason, I want to say he was down in Tampa, too. I think he went from Philly to Tampa for a year and then to L.A., I want to say. I mean, obviously, there's. I'm sure Zach Ertz is not the only guy on that team from that Super Bowl team. There's probably a third-string cornerback. or Garrett Blunt, he was on that team. Alshon Jeffrey. Fletcher Cox, he's still there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I forgot about him. Um, Malcolm Jenkins, is he still there? He is in New Orleans. So, yeah, and that's about it. <laughs> Pretty much everybody on their te- team who was there is no longer. Yeah. Obviously, Kelsey is still there, their lineman. Um, but, yeah, that, that's crazy that – but like they say, most teams do turn over 70, 80% of their roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, even looking at the Packers, given the last time they won a Super Bowl was 10 years ago, um, Rodgers and Crosby, the only two left from that um, team. Really? Once, yeah. Well, Cobb now, now that Cobb came back, I guess there's three of them from that team. But yeah, otherwise, everybody else is gone. Well, fuck, that was 10 years. That was 10 years ago. Yeah, so <laughs> you'd have to have somebody who's been a stud playing in the league for over a decade to have stuck around, which quarterback and kicker, those are the two positions that last that long. So it makes sense why those were the only remaining two. Um, and then Cobb back. Jackson listed as the th- number one running back. Yeah. Yeah, I remember in that yeah in that Super Bowl he was he was the number one running back. Um, James, I think James, that might have been James Stark's rookie year. For some reason I remember James Stark's playing in that game as well, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I think that was Cobb's rookie year James too. James Stark's was a rookie. I feel like Cobb would have been a rookie too that year. Sam Shields was a rookie. Tim Mastay was a rookie. Crosby was a nope. Crabtree was a rookie. Brian Berlaga and Morgan Burnett were rookies. That's it. Hmm. 
And none of those names are with the Packers anymore. <laughs> Randall Cobb, where are you? They might have picked him up the year after. I don't see him on the team. Yeah, he def- he didn't win a Super Bowl with us. Must have been the year after. Randall Cobb draft. Oh, yep, he was drafted in 20, 2011. So he was yep, drafted so after this after they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, that's all that's going on in the NFL. And Brian Belago started as a rookie. Oh, yeah. Where is he now? They just got rid of – he was – I mean, he's been off the Packers for two or three Chargers. years. Chargers. Chargers. Mm-hmm. So him and Corey Lindsley went to the Chargers. Though. Last year was his first year for the Chargers. And then this year is Corey Lindsley's first he year. He played every game. Yeah, he was one of the few linemen we had that stayed healthy <laughs> the whole time we had him. Yep, because everybody else got hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. Fucking Clifton was always out. Yeah. Mark Tauscher, he was a solid one, too, mm-hmm. that I always played. So, yeah, then moving on to the NBA. Um I only have one point to throw out there. What do you have for the NBA? Um, for the NBA, I really have nothing to talk about with the NBA. Um, just that New York City, San Francisco, um, vaccine requirements specific to those two cities will be enforced for those teams. Um, it's not like last year how they kind of got to do whatever they want behind the curtains. Now they're being enforced just like regular people. All right. Yeah. And the only point I had to mention was that the Brooklyn Nets add more uh, veteran depth signing Paul Millsap to the team. Um, I mean, Obviously, that team just keeps adding more and more depth, more and more, yeah, more and more to their bench. Um, I'm trying to even – because Paul Millsap would be a center. I'm trying to think who their starting center is. Um, Drummond? Yeah. Probably. So – so, yeah, this team just keeps adding more and more to their roster to try to – uh, do better than what they did last year. So, yeah, then moving on to the MLB here, uh, the Brewers won their mid-series, uh, midweek series against the Giants, taking three of the four games. They returned to Milwaukee for tonight for a divisional series against the Cardinals. The Cardinals have actually made some headway over the past month and now only sit two and a half games back in the wild card race. So, um Obviously, the Cardinals will be looking to try to win this series, at least take one game, um, falling behind behind the Dodgers, the Reds, uh, the Braves, all these other teams in that race. Um, these series all start to mean that much more the closer you get to October. Yeah, now that it's September, shit's getting real. Yeah. 
the Phillies rally past the Nats seven to six to complete the series sweep. Also another team looking to make a push for the top of the NL uh, East. Uh, Garrett Cole fans 15, helping the Yankees stop their four game skid with a four to one win over the Angels. The Cubs win in extras last night, six to five, thanks to an error by the Pirates. And lastly, the MLB once again extends Trevor Bauer's administrative leave as they continue to investigate the situation. Do you think the Brewers end up taking home the one spot in the NL? I mean, the the right now they're the third team in the NL. The Giants and the Dodgers, the Dodgers are, are both tied. tied at 85 wins. The Brewers have 82. I guess looking down the stretch, I would say so long as the Brewers keep doing what they're doing, they should, because I'd imagine in this last month, the Giants and the Dodgers are going to play each other one or two more times for a series, which is good for the Brewers because one team has to lose. And so long as the the Brewers are winning, they're going to move past them. They play today. Today, tomorrow. Giants and Dodgers? Giants and Dodgers. Oh. And then speaking of the Cardinals uh, being pretty good, then the Dodgers face the Cardinals for four games. Then they play the Padres for three, Diamondbacks for three, Reds, Rockies, Diamondbacks, back to the Padres, and then they close out with the Brewers for three games at the end of the year. So that's going to be a really tough stretch for the it's Cardinals. Gonna the, it's gonna, for the Dodgers, you mean? Oh, for the Dodgers. Oh, I thought you were saying the Cardinals. That was the Cardinals' schedule. No, Dodgers, because the Dodgers and Giants are tied – and they basically they play each other three times, and then they each got to pay the play the Padres six times, and then the Dodgers unfortunately close out their season against the Brewers for three games, the last three games of the season. Hmm. So if we're tied or close, those three games could be it. Yeah. Are those games in Milwaukee or in LA? Those games are in. LA. Okay. I mean, honestly, the the Brewers, I'd have to look at it. What their um I'm gonna take a look at what their road Giants actually have a tough schedule too. They play the they're gonna beat the Cubs. Those are easy games, but then they play the Braves who are at the top. And then they play the Padres three, six, nine, ten. They play the Padres ten times. Hmm. Yeah, looking at it, the Brewers are forty-six and twenty-four on the road, thirty-six and twenty-nine at home. So, thinking so about it, every time they're forty-six and twenty-three at home and thirty-nine and twenty-six on the road. So they're basically have identical records, just opposite. Yeah. And then the Giants are 43 and 22 at home and 42 and 27 on the so road. So they're, they're good. They're at, getting it done at both. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. I, I, I love baseball when it gets to the end of the year. I guarantee that last series is going to come down to one as team. As long as one team doesn't shit the bed. Yeah, pretty much. Because I know the Dodgers are. St- with Trevor Bauer out, Clayton Kershaw trying to come back into the lineup, pitching. It's like they have a handful of issues that they got to deal with. Granted, they do have 
superstars at every single position, they still got to be able to come out and do it every single day. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and at this point of the year, your bullpen is what wins you a championship. And when you're missing two of pitchers arguably the best uh, pitchers in the game, that's gonna that's a big hit. Yeah, the Brewers, we got some good pitchers. Yeah, it's and they're how I mean. We've always had good pitchers. It's just some two or three of them are always dealing with injury or they're sh- they shit the bed with it. They have a terrible ERA at this point of the year. But yeah, all of our pitchers we've had for a while brought mm-hmm. them up. And that's one thing the Brewers have always done very good with drafting pitchers, bringing them up through the system, the farm system, and then all of a sudden they become dominant. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, that's all I had for the MLB. Um, I'll throw things over to you for some ice talk. Um, breaking news um, came out this morning. The NHL players are allowed to head to Beijing to play in the Olympics in 2022. Um, obviously, teams will still have COVID <laughs> protocols in place. Um, yeah, that's exciting news. There's a lot of a lot of NHL players are super excited to get to go play. There will be a break in the middle of the season for the Olympics for the first time in a long time that they're bringing that back. Um, defenseman Colton Pareko signs an eight-year deal with the St. Louis Blues. Um, he's excited to stay home he, as he was a part of that Stanley Cup winning team. Kyle Palmieri signs a four-year $20 million deal to stay, with the, uh, stay on Long Island. Um, says it's a place that he's always wanted to be and especially now that they have the team built that they have um, it's a blast playing there Philadelphia Flyers inked rookie Joel Farabee to a six-year 30 million dollar extension after he did amazing his first couple seasons Um, Buffalo Sabres signed three of their young players back to shit deals it was like three years two million dollars like garbage deals but is what it is. Montreal Canadiens first round pick Logan Malo has been suspended indefinitely by the OHL for his um, off the ice issues that happened in Sweden during the past summer. Um, for those of you who don't remember, ended up video recording some f- act between him and another female and was ended up being sent out on like Snapchat or like a group text and ended up being sent throughout the whole town and kind of ruined this chicks. Um, I don't know, like experience of growing up almost. And yeah, the OHL has came down and said he ain't, he's not going to be able to play. Um, so unfortunately for him, he's going to have to find somewhere to skate in whatever this season. Um, they said he will be able to apply for a reinstatement after July, January 1st of this next season, but uh, we'll see what happens there. And then the last news Arizona Coyotes submit proposal for two land parcels in Tempe, Arizona, as that's where they're planning to relocate the team. How soon would they move? Uh, their their agreement runs out at the end of this season. Oh. So it would oh. happen next season. They Did would they... have to build a stadium and everything in any year. They would have to. Well, you won't be able to – they'd have to – use somebody else's facility well there isn't any that the re- they built this where they play now is out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere like people who live in the city of like phoenix have to drive like 45 minutes an hour outside of the city to get to where they play 
And the biggest thing for the longest time was if they're ever going to be good, which they were decent the last couple of years, they want to be in a location where people can actually come to the games and not have empty stadiums. And so that's why they're, they want to buy land more towards downtown or a different city and fucking put it like right downtown. Like how every, every sports stadium, you know, every sports franchise that you see that's successful, their stadium's right in the fucking middle of downtown. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there as they just submitted the proposal for the two land parcels. Obviously, nobody knows. It was, I guess it's 46 acres of land. Um, and this is what they state to be the first step to landing a permanent home. Um, it's going to be right next to Arizona state university ish areas. They just, they're working with them, but yeah, the city of Glendale announced, I brought this up in the NHL talk last week, the city of Glendale announced last week that it will not renew its agreement with the franchise beyond this season. So they don't have a place to play. No. Well, it makes you wonder then for like the Cardinals then, because they're also in Glendale, but are they like more downtown Glendale? No idea. I have, I have no, I'm sure the NFL is a lot different than the NHL team because the, they brought the NFL, the stadium, no matter where they, they're packed for 16 games a season, 17 games a season where NHL, you know, there's 82 games. Sometimes there's games during the week, Tuesday, three o'clock in the afternoon where it's like, that I know the Florida Panthers that was their huge problem too for the longest Tampa Bay Lightning until they were good nobody was going to the games because it's so fucking nice outside why would you want to be sitting inside mm-hmm. and now that these teams are actually good if you put them in a good spot that shit will be packed and yeah it says right now I was just reading a little bit more of the article here the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum could possibly be the arena that they play in for the next season. It opened in 1965. It hosted the Suns and the WHA's Phoenix Roadrunners, um, which was a minor league hockey team a while ago. It only holds 13,000 seats, though. Mm. Well, what is what is a normal, like, 20 to 30? for? Yeah, yeah, around, like, 23 to 30. So, I mean, it's not far off, but also at the same it's time. It's enough. It's enough off, though. 7,000 less seats over 41 games. Like, that. that's a lot of money lost. Yeah, I'm just checking out the average. Yeah. So, actually, I was wrong. The most seating is the United Center in Chicago. 19,717. But that's oh. just seating seats. That doesn't count standing room. So it's probably like 20,000. Probably 20,000, yeah. Give or take. Which is insane. Oh, just kidding. Montreal Canadiens, since they redid their th- stadium a couple years ago, they added in a couple seats. 21,273 seats. Montreal's number one. Oh, okay. And the least on the list is the 
Winnipeg Jets, 15,294. And the Wisconsin Badgers, Cole Center, Madison is right behind them on the list. 46th, biggest stadium. We have the biggest college hockey stadium, college hockey rink. The Cole Center? Yeah. Hmm. Didn't know that, but I know that now. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. They only but, hold the 230 more people less than the Islanders hold. Hmm. Which at that, that at that you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't that. be able to notice that oh, difference. No. Oh, 230 no. less people. And for how crazy college kids are cheering at a game compared to fans. <laughs> Like college kids when they're fucking all boozed up and stuff. Oh, there's nothing better mm-hmm. than going and seeing. Like I can't wait for. I'll gotta wait because that's my feel good Friday moment. But yeah, yeah, that's all I got for the NHL. Sounds good. Then wrapping up our Friday here, we will move into our feel good Friday stories. Uh, kick us off. So mine has not happened yet. It will be happening in about 12 hours, well, 10 hours from now. But I'm excited and super pumped about the reopening um, of college football with fans. Um, Badgers take on Penn State at home at Camp Randall. Shit's going to be insane. Um, Man, I don't think we're ever... For those of you who go to the game, be safe, obviously, but I feel like what you're going to see as far as atmosphere, um, there's going to be nothing like it. I feel like this is going to be – Madison has waited for this moment, and I feel like our team is finally pretty fucking good. We finally have a quarterback, and hopefully we can go all the way. Um, that would be so cool if we could compete for a college football playoff. Yeah, and just a couple of days ago, I saw that Madison was ranked as the number one college football experience for this year. Oh, there's nothing that even can, can come close to that. I mean, the only thing that they say is comparable is like uh, Michigan, but that's just because they have the biggest stadium. So obviously it's like, yeah, more people, it's going to be louder. They have, yeah, they have like 30 more thousand people. Yeah. And the Badgers still have the best experience. Yeah. But yeah, looking forward to that as well. It's always fun to fun to see those early those eleven o'clock games. You see the student section first quarter, a quarter and a half. It's empty because everybody's still hung over from the night before. Like About slowly, time, half slowly time filing in. Half. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then moving over to my feel good story for the week. Uh. Malik McDowell was the second round pick of the Seahawks in 2017. The defensive tackle has endured a lot of controversy after an ATV accident prior to his rookie training camp that left him badly injured. McDowell was arrested multiple times over the course of two years and later sentenced to 11 months in jail for DUI and fighting with police. Um, The Seahawks then sued McDowell for, for failing to repay his bonus money. Um, given a last chance of redemption by Brown's general manager, Andrew Barry, this past May, uh, he parlayed essentially a, 
a veteran minimum one-year deal into a spot with one of the AFC's top defensive lines set to open 2021 alongside Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, and Malik Jackson. And more than that, he has apparently fit right into the community and locker room with a supportive infrastructure in Cleveland. So um, always good to see a comeback story for anybody at, I mean, sports, not sports at all. It's good to see somebody get a second chance. Everybody deserves a second chance. So awesome to see kind of turning around in a short amount of time to um, go through that kind of stuff and then turn around and be on, Potentially a Super Bowl caliber team. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's awesome. I fucking love that shit. Yeah, that's all I had for today. Um, kind of refreshing the sports news list here. Nothing's really Nothing. come up in the last 30 minutes. Um, <coughs> yeah, that's yeah. all. That's all that's going on for today. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for stopping by. Uh, Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on all of our social media accounts linked in the description below. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Don't forget to give us the five-star rating. Help us move up those charts. We, yet again, can't, I guess, state enough how much we appreciate all of of you guys stopping in and listening to what we have to put out um, three times a week. Hopefully, we can get back to... uh, doing some you know doing things a little bit more different uh continuing to update and change things as we go here now that we're getting back into football season episodes are going to get back to being a little bit longer here so um excited for that and uh we hope everybody has a great weekend out there and we will see you guys on monday well i don't know if actually i'll be back on monday but um if not monday tuesday Sounds good. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody.